A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Welcome to Mentally Yours, a weekly podcast from Metro.co.uk all about mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. We're here in Bills in West London as usual and we've got the lovely Beth Allen with us. She's going to be talking to us about borderline personality disorder. Most of us are kind of defined by our personalities. So, I mean, just the name sounds interesting, doesn't it? Definitely. And I think it's definitely interesting to know that it's not just sometimes I'm this and sometimes I'm that. Or like, oh, I'm a bit kooky. It's quite a bit more serious than that. Yeah. Okay, so BPD is short for Borderline Personality Disorder, and it is a mood disorder that's characterized by having really strong emotions. So they kind of think that it stems from, at a young age, having disruptive relationships, maybe with friends or family, um, that means that you react slightly differently to things as you would as an adult. So, for example, the best way I can explain it is like having the top layer of your emotional skin taken off. Mm -hmm. So something that for you might be a little bit frustrating, for me feels like the end of the world. I don't know, how much is that actually to do with personality then? I think it's a misleading diagnosis in the sense that it doesn't affect your personality in that sense. I feel Mm -hmm. like uh, some people with it can suffer from a sense of not having an identity. But that's not everyone. The same with all mental illnesses, that it's not a catch-all thing. I personally feel like I have a very strong sense of self. Mm. And for me, it's much more the emotional side. Mm. But I do know that some sufferers do suffer with, you know, feeling disassociative, not really knowing who they are or what they want. Mm. And I think that comes from having such strong emotions. Sometimes you want something, sometimes you don't. That can lead to feeling like, well, what, what do I want in the end? When did you start experiencing this? You know, did it affect you in childhood? Did it come on in um, your teenage years 
I feel like, as a child, my parents thought I was quite a, an emotional, explosive child, but they thought I just had a strong personality. Mm. Um, but I'd say probably about 12 was when I really started to feel the effects of having very disruptive relationships and very strong reactions to certain interpersonal things. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I definitely started suffering with that and, you know, maybe self-harm and stuff when I was about 12. Mm. And it kind of progressed as I got older. Are there, like, specific emotions that you feel more strongly or is it kind of across the board all the feelings I think it's just all the feelings all the, all the feelings. time everything Fun. I do feel like people with BPD sometimes struggle with anger issues a bit yeah. more than other people but I think that's because you don't just like something you love it you're passionate about it so mm. say for something that you are quite interested in that like is my life I'm so passionate so that's why people get a bit more angry I think is that in terms of like TV shows and stuff like that like are you a super fan <laughs> of things um, no I think it's, it's more in terms of like uh, sort of social causes you know I don't oh, like okay. seeing people that are rude to people that's my biggest thing at the moment living in London because I'm not from London I can sometimes find people down here have a little bit bad manners yeah, on the tube and stuff like that a little bit <laughs> yeah, I mean I get annoyed about that and oh. I get so enraged by it I just want to pull them back and be like say sorry be polite <laughs> Mm. At what point did um, having BPD kind of become a problem? That's an interesting question because I find with a lot of mental health issues, people say that, you know, we all have our quirks. For example, when someone goes, oh, I'm so OCD, you know, you may not be suffering from OCD, but you may have traits of it. It's Mm. always when it becomes a problem that it becomes a disorder. Yeah. And for me, I think it started adversely affecting me when I left home when I was about 16, 17. Mm Mm-hmm. When I had my first long-term relationship, that was extremely tempestuous. And that's when I started getting the depression, the anxiety. And that's when I knew that I had to seek help. Mm-hmm. Was diagnosis kind of smooth or were you misdiagnosed? Cause misdiagnosed I feel like so many times. Yeah, I, I feel, feel like, like it's, it's really not that well known and also could be easily confused with like depression or absolutely. Definitely. I think, uh, so when I first got diagnosed, it was just plain and simple anxiety and depression, which is obviously the most noticeable symptoms. Yeah. Um, But also I got misdiagnosed as bipolar, because if you can imagine the very strong emotions and mood swings can kind of lead to that kind of sort of psychothymic diagnosis. Mm. It actually took me until I was 21 to get diagnosed properly, because there's not many, not as many doctors that know about it. It took a specialist to meet me and have a full on sort of three week chat about it for me to actually get diagnosed what have you found helps uh, manage your condition I find talking about it which I'm sure my friends hate me talking about it now (laughs) (laughs) but I found once I was very open with the close people in my life about it they already knew the signs they already knew oh god I saw when you were getting stressed that day and I saw you get really upset about that I noticed but didn't know why because of those things they already noticed, they now know, they, they can spot, say I'm in a situation that's very stressful, and they can see me getting wound up. You know, they'll put their arm around me, take me outside, get a glass of water. People knowing they are my support network. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, if you've had a bad day with like, your friends, if I can just ring someone and vent, that's the best thing in the world. Yeah. No, it's always good to have someone that will just listen to you rant Absolutely. for yeah. a good five <laughs> minutes. How can you tell when something's kind of like a normal reaction or a justified reaction and a BPD reaction? That's a funny one, because I actually still use my close friends and family as a litmus test. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, I mean, I get very, like I said, very impassioned about lots of things, and there are certain times, even recently, where I've actually rang my mum and been like, Mum, this has happened. Am I being a bit BPD? <laughs> and she'll either go, no, actually, Beth, that was a really, you know, what justified reaction to your situation, or 
maybe you need to think of it in their shoes, meaning mm. you've probably taken it a little bit too far. Yeah, mm. in yeah. a gentle way. Exactly. Gentle mum way. I think that's the best thing as well, BPD, is to be very gentle with the person because even yeah. though to you it may feel like the person's overreacting, you've got to remember to me, it feels like the end of the world. Exactly. So you have to realise that it may seem strange to you, but that's how it feels to me and I will calm down, but sometimes you're stuck in that feeling for a while. How has it affected your love life? You mentioned that one relationship where you had some issues. Well, my relationships are never boring, put it that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, they're fun. Al- I was about to say, they're always quite fiery. Um, I do think as I've got older, it has got easier because I recognise my symptoms and signs. When I was in my first relationship, and can I just say, I'm really lucky that I'm so best friends with this person. Mm-hmm. They still <laughs> stuck with me to this day. Um, but now I recognise the signs, I can actually take a step back. I know that maybe my partner's upset me about something, but I can go, you know what? this is overreacting I will take myself I find walking helps Mm. it's a really strange thing I found rather than getting angry and smashing plates which is what I used to do I just go for a really long walk with my headphones in and the sort of physical exercise and the concentrating on the music really helps calm me down Mm. once I've done that I'll go back and then contact my partner and be like hey let's chat let's talk about this properly now so yeah they're not easy and I definitely think they're harder than it would be for someone that isn't suffering from BPD but I do think that it's possible to have a successful relationship if you, your partner's aware and you're aware and take it slowly have your partners been understanding of when you're explaining like it's not that you're doing anything horrible to me I'm just kind of reacting in this way I think it's difficult for people to understand sometimes yeah. I've had a couple of partners that have been absolutely incredible and, you know, when I've told them about it, they've read up on it. They've gone on to, you know, Rethink on Minds website and looked through the symptoms and been like, I noticed these things in you and I'm going to help you. There are other people that haven't been as helpful, but not in a malicious way. I think in a way that it was just really hard for them to get their head around it. Mm. Have you met any other people with BPD and has that helped at all? I've met a couple through therapy and I think the most interesting thing about it, like I said before, is that it affects people in such different ways. Mm. You kind of expect when you go into a room, like group therapy, that everyone's going to be like you because they suffer from the same issues, but they're not. (laughs) And I think sometimes it's nice to, you know, share stories of, oh God, I had a really bad panic attack today. You know, how are you feeling? But at the same time, you know, I, I don't think you need that. I think as long as everyone else around you gets it, then it's okay. Have you found therapy helpful? And is that the main way that you manage it? It's a difficult one because I find at the moment the NHS is ridiculously overstretched and psychological therapies really aren't given the sort of kudos they're meant to have. Um, I've found certain types haven't been helpful. Others have been really helpful. It's trying to fit it around work and stuff like that's quite difficult. Because of that, I've come up with lots of different coping strategies for myself. Like I said, walking, I find with panic attacks, having a really cold glass of water kind of centers me and brings me back in the room. So it's been a big sort of combination of support from friends and family, therapy on and off, and sort of self-coping strategies. At its worst, what kind of things are we talking about in terms of sort of things that were affecting you? You've mentioned sort of getting very um, angry and throwing plates. You've mentioned self-harm. I think one of the biggest things of EPT that people need to know and talk about is impulse control. So even when you're having a good day, your impulse control is a bit rubbish. When you're having a bad day, it's non-existent. And with everyone that manifests in different ways, some it's overeating, some people it's risky sexual behavior, other people it's drugs and alcohol. For me, it's been a lot of all of the above. (laughs) And uh, obviously at certain times that can lead you into very dangerous situations. Mm. And that's when you really need people to notice you are struggling. 
so at my worst, yes, I think my impulsive behavior got me in a lot of tricky situations mm. that I was quite lucky to get out of. Mm. But once it was under control again and you start noticing your willpower slipping, mm. then you're in a better place. Are there any sort of those specific stories that you'd sort of share with us or maybe any kind of funny ones? Or just, I don't know, particularly just unusual. Fun ones. <laughs> fun they don't have to control. be they don't have to be fun, but just maybe kind of ones that sort of stick in your memory. Mm. Dangerous ones as well. <laughs> all the exciting We want stuff, all the danger. Basically. Oh my god, Dona. Um I just I can't think of any funny ones. I do like the fact that my friends now have got the ability to tell me off like a child. Yeah. <laughs> which always makes me smile because I as I said, I'm quite a fiery person. I don't really take being told no very well. Mm. Um yeah, I do have a few close friends, like my friend Natalia, for example who, even though she's tiny, five foot nothing, has the ability to snap her fingers and go, no, you are not doing that, <laughs> and calm me down. And I totally respect that. It's nice having that, my friends, that can do that. It's happened on many a birthday party after too many glasses of champagne. <laughs> Is that the best way for your friends to deal with it? Just kind of being quite strict and saying, no depends who the person is yeah. I think it is if it's someone that's not close to you the same way you wouldn't react very well if you just exactly. got told to stop doing something but if you trust them and love them and you know they have your best interests yeah. then you're like yeah I get it you've got my best interests it's fine if someone thinks that they might have BPD or they've just been diagnosed um, what kind of things would you suggest that they do I think well if they think they have it the first thing they need to do is go to their GP and try your hardest to make sure they listen to you. And the mm. best way I found of doing that is making lists. Because when you go and discuss something that's emotional, sometimes, especially if you've got BPD, you get upset, flustered, and you may be missing out really vital symptoms. If you make a list over a week, a month, of all these things you're feeling that make you feel like you may have it, then give it to your doctor in a calm fashion. They can assess you properly and get you help with one of your local mental health services. And if you've been diagnosed, you're in that tricky hinterland of do you tell people or don't you? I would say start small and work up. It, I've only told my employer properly this year and I was diagnosed sort of five years ago now. Mm. But telling my friends and family was the biggest, most... It made me feel so loved and so cared for and it was so important for them to help and support me and they've been nothing short of amazing. I think when you're diagnosed, you're scared that people are going to think of you differently and you know, think you're a bad person or your hard work is the big one that people get. And you need your family and friends to know that you're no different and they will think that, they'll believe that and they will look after you. It's all about being very open when it happens and people will support you. Well, we are really very angry about this shit. Yes, we are really very angry about this shit. So one thing that I'm angry about this week is after our chat with lovely Erica about schizophrenia, she mentioned the fact that just 7% of people with schizophrenia have a job. That's including volunteering work. And I think that is pretty bloody awful. Yeah, that's 7%. So my math is terrible. 93%. 93% mm. <laughs> of people with schizophrenia aren't in employment. I yeah. mean... Which is... And this is probably a bad one to use. That's insane. Like, that's not acceptable. I feel like that's a really embarrassing statistic for our whole society and culture. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't know if that's partly maybe a reflection on how hard it is to get part-time work these days, because I think maybe yeah. it sort of sounded like it would be the kind of condition where it would help to have more flexible working hours and working conditions 
the volunteering thing particularly shocked me because volunteering can be a great way to get into back into work when you've had time off. So, I mean, I can only assume that maybe people are just sort of that sort of the fear of the word. What can we do about that? I think in general, and I kind of rant about this a lot, I think our working culture in the UK and also the US is just awful in general. Like, mm. there's so much presenteeism, there's so much of this culture where you have to be at your desk and it's good to work through lunch, it's good to work overtime and stuff like that. When, mm. in terms of our health and what our bodies and minds are designed for, that's definitely not it. Mm. And when you're healthy and stable, you could just about get away with these kind of unhealthy working habits but when Mm. you have a mental illness you can't and that's why people are pushed out of jobs and they're scared to apply because they're not able to have the flexibility that just anyone should be able to have let alone someone with a mental illness or they're in really sort of high sort of stress positions yeah because we all know sort of workplaces that have sort of had cuts and so everyone ends up doing more and like you say working longer hours or just having more stress in general and Obviously, that's going to be a lot harder on people with existing mental health issues. I think as well what Erica was saying about understanding, that's kind of like the starting point for it. But after that, you need to have things put into place. I think workplaces need to be creating a culture where you can actually allow for flexibility and you're talking about stress and the very real impact of that and openly saying, like, we will hire people with mental illness Mm. we're not going to discriminate against that because it is illegal yeah i was just going to say that i mean it's it's illegal yeah it's not i don't know how people think they can still get away with it i think it's such a subtle thing where no no workplace would say explicitly oh we wouldn't hire someone with a mental illness because they would get in massive trouble for that but they absolutely make it impossible for people with mental illness to work there happily because the culture is just as i mentioned a bit shit Mm. Stupid crap, my brain has told me a boy and Oh, stupid, 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 stupid. My stupid crap this week came after watching the Netflix film Okja. I don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's basically about a giant pig. And Is it's that the thing that looks sort of like a walrus cross? Yeah, the uh, weird big thing. It's actually it? a giant pig. But manta ray or? Manatee. Manatee. It looks like a manatee hippo thing. But basically it's about the meat industry and how awful it is. Um, Oh, that's what that's about. I thought that was like a funny feel-good... It's incredible. It's really weird and out there, but it has a very important message. And a lot of people have said, like, it put you off, put them off eating meat, etc., etc. I'm already vegetarian, so, you know, I was fine. Mm. But um, towards the end, I just started sobbing and I could not stop crying because it I won't spoil it but there's a very horrible bit towards the end and it does make you very emotional mm. but for some reason I just could not stop crying mm-hmm. and I was at my boyfriend's house and we obviously you know went upstairs after watching the film ready to go to bed and I just could not stop crying mm-hmm. and I was just kind of trying to explain like oh no it's fine it's just the film and then it kind of transformed from I'm sad about this film to oh my god I can't stop crying my boyfriend is gonna dump me because I'm literally a wreck that can't stop crying about a giant pig that isn't even real. And I could not stop thinking that. And I was just like, oh. But like extreme crying. Like extreme, just like sobbing. How long for? I would say like over an hour. Genuinely. It was very bad. Um, And I kind of explained the situation. I was like, it's just a giant pig. Like the giant pig. I won't say what happened. It was very upsetting. But it just, I could not stop and just kept repeating to myself like because you're crying he's gonna break up with you 
and he won't but no. obviously in the moment when you are sobbing in bed that's what your brain tells you is the case I'm quite impressed you did it for an hour though yeah I know same I had a massive headache afterwards and I was extremely thirsty mm. as that's usual a, well that's a lot of yeah you that's a lot of water loss yeah I think after crying sessions in general I feel I have massive headaches and that's a lot of times when I'm crying I'm like can you just stop now before you have to have painkillers because it's just irritating mm. it's a major faff do you find that it's sort of do, are you trying to stop yourself from, from crying when it when it's happening or I don't Usually know because I think no because I think I think it's healthy to like let it out yeah and a lot of times you do feel better mm. so a lot of times we're just like okay just let it happen it will tire itself out eventually but what mm. I'm realizing recently especially with obsessive thoughts is that it takes a lot longer for my brain to tire itself out mm-hmm. like it can go for an hour just thinking the same thing on a loop constantly and then eventually I'll just be to the point like okay I'm tired enough to sleep now I think I literally like fell asleep crying which is pretty bleak have you given your boyfriends any I said boyfriends, plural. <laughs> My <Sorry>. boyfriends. <laughs> Have you given your boyfriend any helpful instructions for what to do in the he, future? He was great because I honestly just kind of explained, like, I said, okay, so I started crying because of the big pig, but now I'm crying because of this other thing. And he was just kind of like, I'm obviously not <laughs> about to break up with you. What do you need? And he was really helpful because I was just kind of like, this is going to sound extremely I just need to be held and then after so I, was like, I just need distance and like he completely put up with that which is <laughs> I need know. to be held but yeah. now go away yeah, like <laughs> now don't touch me anymore and let me just sleep and he was brilliant at that and obviously very grateful that I have someone that is able to put up with someone crying in their bed for an hour but um I think some people are just like that anyway you know Alan yeah you know honestly like aside from all the mental health stuff we talk about some people are just massive criers oh yeah you know for sure so I wouldn't you know I wouldn't get too worried about that some people are just really massive criers like also realistically although it started off as the pig it wasn't all about the pig so I don't feel as ridiculous and also my mum will cry and every sad movie she watches she will absolutely sob mm. and I've always been like oh I don't want to be a person who sobs at films so I can kind of justify it to myself to be like it wasn't just about the pig I'll cry adverts. Yeah, adverts are sad. Mm. Watch Octra, it's very... It will make you cry, probably. Sometimes I like to cry, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's good for you. It's healthy. Yeah. And, you know, the big pick is cool. Mm. But I can say how the, sort of the length of time is kind of slightly problematic, because to start with, people are sympathetic, and then it's a bit like... Yeah, it's like, will you stop going? now? Like, what do I do? Because <laughs> I always think as well, like, crying in front of people, number one, I'm embarrassed, but also I'm just like, this is such a burden for you because do you have to keep engaging with it or can you just be like okay I'm done now like I'll go back to my business I feel very bad for whoever I'm crying around because they then have to feel like they feel pressured to deal with it or to address it somehow I think it sounds very healthy though that you sort of you've kind of explained what you want what you needed well that's good good. I feel reassured in my healthy relationship yeah everything's fine Goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. If you feel affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about in this week's podcast, 
please give the Samaritans a ring on 116123. You can also check out their website, which is samaritans.org, and they've got lots of useful info there as well. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, please give us a review on iTunes. Five stars preferable, more detail the better. We'd be very grateful. Also, please follow us on Twitter at MentallyYoursYRS. And massive thanks to our producer, Sam Bonham, and to our jingle maker, Lucy Baker. They are both great, and we love them dearly. Yay! See you next week. Bye! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.